Please listen carefully. What's up, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister, your favorite. Sephora Rouge Chanel's not the time. <laughs> the shock. I, I realized I could have kept going, but that, like, for some reason stopped me in my tracks. It scared me. Okay. <laughs> your face was pretty amazing. Oh, my God. Oof. What's up, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister, your favorite Lady Whistle Down podcast. I'm Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. And today we are talking about Bridgerton Season 2. We had our Season 1 episode. We talked about all the thirst traps. And now we're coming back around. We binge this over the course of a day, in some cases a day and a half, spread out between all of us. Uh, but we're ready to go to talk about Kate Sharma. Truly, the beauty, the diamonds. Do we, at this point, I will say we are going to have hella spoilers. So if you yeah. have not seen all of season two yet, go watch it then come back to this podcast. Um, because you cannot talk about the show without talking about how it ends. Uh, so I think that's it. And then why don't we just roll into it? I'm going to let Nat start because Nat has a thesis on her feelings about this season. And I'd like to see um, how she how she put that together. Let's. Oh, my God. It's a doctorate. And we're the panel. <laughs> exactly. I'm, Defend I'm, your thesis, man. I'm orally defending it. However, I will say you guys can cut in as you feel because there's so many points that I've put in here. Oh, don't worry. I mean, I, should we I just start with. Should we be like, did you like it more? Than season one? Yes or no? Yeah, yeah. yeah, let's start there. Maybe that's I did one. I did like it more than season one, I will say. Despite missing like the thirst trap that was the Duke in the first season. Well, I was like thinking to myself, I'm like, it wasn't as horny in terms of sex scenes, but it was horny in terms of like longing and sexual yeah. frustration. So I would say it's equivalent, it's just different. Which yeah. as we know is Steph's preferred form of horny. Did you guys see that pinky? The pinky almost touches. Yeah, yeah. The way that their like bodies like electromagnetically always together. Each other. See, that's why so I was like, I need to immediately rewatch this because, as I said before, and Christina already made fun of me. I was like, there was so much eye contact happening that I was getting distracted by the Steph, subtitles. In my thesis, okay, I go. will tell you exactly what's happening. Okay, go for it then. Okay, so the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, okay, this is like less sexy than usual, but there's like like longing and all of that and the eye contact, whatever. Longest time ever, I had this theory that, like, the reason I'm really into, like, historical Regency romances is because they take, like, the anticipation elements and tropes of Bollywood, and then they put them... Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk about how this season oh. actually copies Bollywood. How dare you not like yeah. Mamma Mia? I... Listen. <laughs> the audacity. So, Okay. Let's let's look at the main elements here. I got some main elements. You got you got things like long yearning looks. You got the flash of the ankle or the leg. You got so the grand, much leg. Yeah, there's grand dances at the balls or weddings. Um, everyone seems to care about what people will say, which in as I've said in South Asian culture is lokyakeringenge, which is like a huge thing. Like, what will people say? It's all about the scandal sheets and the and all the gossip and all of that. And then the whispers at the side of the dance, the dance hall or whatever. But 
I remember, I don't know if you remember when Chris Van Dusen said that they were going to lean into the Daisy elements for this season. I think, like, I was like, uh, I'm a little, little hesitant what that means because, like, from the first season when they were like, we're going to explain how colonialism was solved. <laughs> they were like, we're just going to brush over it because love conquers all. And I was just like, uh, okay, this is weird. But like, I thought they were going to do something really similar here, but I think they did it really well. They basically, I think did the research in Bollywood and married those, like for lack of a better word, married two different cultures together and did it really well in this season. Um, and like, I, uh, literally went back and when I said I was like re-watching some episodes it's because I was looking up those Bollywood elements so like they have like the melodrama which like obviously was hilariously dramatic including like the trauma of the bee sting which was like life and death situation classic Bollywood make something so ridiculous you said I've sent you the gifs of the woman who gets strangled by the curtain because she she got shoved slightly or she like mm. collapses slightly and then like accidentally kills herself <laughs> and it's just like yeah the melodrama is there. We've got like the Bollywood love triangle. However, in this, so I call it the Bollywood love triangle because Hollywood or Western romance love triangles are, it's a little bit different. They don't have like the complexities usually of the Bollywood love triangle where it's like, oh, the one person must decide between the two people. That's Hollywood. In Bollywood love triangles, what usually happens is that the deciding factor is usually family, obligation to family, obligation to friends, um, or obligation to yourself, or like cultural elements, or even the caste system. So there's like those elements that actually add into the Bollywood love triangle. And the same thing happens here with Kate. Like there's a family element where she's like willing to go back, fade back into the background, let her sister be happy. 100%. I have seen at least 20 Bollywood movies. This exact storyline. Exact storyline. Which I thought was really interesting because they kept it going for so long. And you said that was different from the book, Steph. Where, like, Edwina didn't love Anthony in the book. But in this element, they kind of showed that she did have feelings for him. Which would be very typical of a Bollywood of a Bollywood love triangle. It's the same thing. And, like, again, like, in, in the show, they also showed the importance of song and dance, which we know Bridgerton always was going to do that. But, like, I think that they kind of changed things. I think I made comments while we were watching that there was some stranger dances that we were seeing, and a lot of it was a little bit weird looking. Yeah. So, <laughs> I here's say, the thing. I disagree that any of it seemed um, that weird. It seemed perfectly acceptable for the timeline. Well, okay, no, here's the thing. So for Bollywood, um, dance is really important in um, storytelling, essentially. So like the part where he's dancing with the girl and it looks weird and it looks like a weird pony thing literally says that like he has problems like dancing with somebody that isn't his right partner. This is something that I would have gained from like Bollywood as well. I don't know, maybe like they do this commonly in western dance as well but i don't i don't know that or i don't recognize that a lot but like that's very common for bollywood even like the jerkiness and the rhythm and flow between his partners was like a little bit weird and he complained and blamed them when in fact it was him that's the issue he's not vibing with them basically is what's happening and then like even at the end they do like unveiling of the eyes that is a hundred percent a bollywood move like oh. when they did that i was like that's story story chupke chupke like this is like this is like a thing in bollywood like this is like you reveal the eyes you're unveiling the eyes you're unveiling the mask and you see your true feelings within your eyes and that did actually this have anything bollywood related well like the hand motion no he was like how many fingers Oh no, that was. I'm pretty sure that's a hand thing. I'm pretty sure that was just specifically. I'm trying to say that was literally just a joke. It could have been a dance. 
You never know. Okay, and then of course, like they had like um the no okay, the no lips touch kisses. Those oh, are so much face. Yeah. So the face stuff and the anticipation or the like basically the lack of sex very early on and there's like sniffing, no lips, kiss, kissing touch. That's because of like in Bollywood classically, it's taboo to kiss. Mm-hmm. And like those elements very much married it. And I kept wondering like, why won't they just kiss like early on? I'm like, they're creating this anticipation like really like real deeply. Yes. And I think like it kind of felt like the same kind of foreplay you get with Bollywood. But at the end of Bollywood, you don't get to see it. You just know that it's happening. In this one, the difference is that you actually get to see it, which is, like, great. And, like, the anticipation is worth it. But, like, that's one of the biggest things I love about Bollywood is, like, the anticipation that they built in and all of that. Um, well, I thought they weren't doing it. I was like, because she can't kiss her sister's fiancé. She, like, yeah. loves her sister too I, much for that. I will say you did not have me on this argument only because it sounds like the things that are Bollywood-inspired are just things that happen in historical romances in well, general. this is why I'm saying they kind However, of go hand in I, hand. Yeah, how I'm getting there. However, I have changed my mind. You have sold me on this because also they have the Bollywood song in the soundtrack. Yes. And you have listed enough things in your thesis that I'm like, actually, you know what? I do think that you are correct okay, in this. Let me that, get my like, last two ones. Let me get my last two ones. <laughs> Okay, they have the I like, like Oh, interject whenever you want because this is too long. But actually don't because I still have to get through them. Uh, listen, I need to get my points. <laughs> okay, so the bangles and the invisible dubatta. Dubatta is a scarf. Bangles. Um, this is this is the, you know when I said I didn't realize what was happening until the wedding. So when she pulled out her heirloom bangles, I was like, oh, this is Bollywood. Like, this is, like, this is exactly what you would do in a Bollywood film right before the wedding. The sister would pull out the fucking heirloom bangles, and this is what's going to go down. I'm like, oh, those are going to unclasp. They're going to fall on the ground, and he's going to slip them on her. This is, when I tell you, this is so classic. But Like, I was like, he's going to slip them on her on her wrist, and everyone's going to know. Everyone's going to know, because that's the 100% the sign of that's true love. Like, th- her sister's going to know right away. So, like, I was a little bit disappointed that he didn't slip them on her wrist. He just kind of handed them to her. I was like, no, no, no. In Bollywood, you put them back on the wrist. Well, it can't be that obvious in front of the whole church. They I weren't know. getting married, you know? know? <laughs> but I was just like, I was like, oh. Like, even, like, her mom was looking at us. I was like, yeah, you know what that means. You know what that means. You That means that they're in love. And this is all wrong and everything. And now her sister's going to know her sister freaking knew as soon as she saw the bangle in her hand. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, there's no way that they could include the, what I call the invisible Dubatta scene, which is like where you in classic Bollywood, usually when the woman's wearing a scarf, when she's running away from the dude after a confession has been made, he yanks her back from yeah. the sc- <laughs> to pull her back to him. And I was like, well, they're not wearing scarves. So that can't happen. Uh, in the, her tiny little private room closet or whatever, he pulls her back by her hand, and then you see, like, the bangle again on her hand, but he pulls her back the same way you would in Bollywood with a scarf, but, like, with her hand, but then instead just holds it kindly instead of, like, you know, in Bollywood they yank a little too hard, in my opinion. <laughs> They're just like, Rrr! and then they, like, roll back. Um, I was like, okay, okay, I see what you have done here because it's the same vibe. Even during the wedding scene, the dream sequence, Mm. very Bollywood <laughs> like if there's anything you guys remember there's a hundred percent a bajillion dream sequences in Bollywood whether they include dance or not it's just a thing that's involved I don't know why it's like that and then the last thing is a sad bride is a hundred percent a Bollywood theme <laughs> so I was like oh why are they going all the way to the wedding 
sad bride at the end. That's what I, I kept think... being like, how how are you going to come I, back from that? That was such a bold move. Yeah. Like, the longer and longer they went to that, I was like, Jesus Christ, all the way to the wedding? But then even Anthony, I'm like, bro, we know. I mean, like, you're doing it essentially for Kate. We get it. But but then, like, even as it was happening, I was like, I feel like I have been in this situation before where I've been cringing at a wedding. My body was clenched. I, sorry, that made it sound like you no, that I was there. No, the I mean, like, in movies. <laughs> But, like, I was just like, this feels familiar. It has happened before. Like, this is, like, this is 100% like a Bollywood storyline, basically. It's, like, either the the bride isn't the right bride or the bride is being forced to marry a dude she doesn't want to marry. So either way, she's sad. Well, wasn't it always, like, showing, like, foreshadowing? No, I guess it was foreshadowing, but, like, Kate was the right one. The bangles. Yeah. yeah. The sister puts the, I don't know what that is the called. Haldi. The Haldi Bef- on her, Before yeah. uh, the wedding, technically, all this shit. Just rolling up into one. Yeah. And then, of course, like, the cultural elements were, like, amazing. Like, she even had um, Kate was wearing, like, a lot of paisley patterns, which is very common I in India. I feel like, especially near the end, their their costumes, Kate and Edwina's, got a little bit more Indian-inspired. In particular, yeah. the one that got me over this whole season was that orange dress. The orange she dress. She was ready for yeah. love, the, guys. The final ball yeah. scene. Like, I really appreciate oh. the colorfulness and, like, how they, like, really engage with, with what what I think is, like, a mix of cultural elements, yeah. which is what they were basically showing in this season, which, like, I wasn't sure that I would like what they would do with it, but I very much enjoyed it because I think, like, in modern times when you see families blending like this, this is kind of what you would see. There is nothing, like, even though they were kind of, like, outsiders to, like, the ton, they weren't you know see negatively it was more like oh they're they're not it wasn't like about racism essentially yeah, you know this what I mean? season felt more like they learned from last season that yeah. random fucking line about turning out that like hey no it is our times and like slavery was totally a thing that was happening two years ago like yeah. it seems like they kind of not necessarily backpedaled but chosen this season to just not acknowledge it all so there's like nothing odd or strange whatsoever about the sharmas and it's like good that also, is the approach you have to take. Yeah, 100%. Also, um, at the end when Anthony utters Kate's proper name, I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> also, it, it's really, really funny because her name, Katani, actually means utterance. So when he utters it, it's like really, it's so mean. I don't know. It's really cute. I was just like, oh, is this where I like Anthony a little bit? <laughs> did you notice that when he was going to propose to her, he's wearing purple, which is her color, and yeah, he's been wearing blue the whole time? And I'm like, oh. My God. I did not like Anthony until very, very much at the end. Yeah, it took a very 100%. long time to like him. And I, the decision he made to continue to propose to Edwina was <laughs> But I think he, but he, he did it because Kate wanted him to do that. No, but he also did it because... When family. You, family. Because when you look at the order in which he finally decides to do something, he tells his mother... Yeah. Like, he first he doesn't... He's not sure if he's going to propose or not. Then he tells his mother, I refuse to like be married with love because I refuse mm-hmm. to cause someone the pain that you were caused. And then he is still waffling on the decision. And then Daphne tells him what love is and what it really means. He realizes he has that for Kate. And then he says, I know exactly what I have to do. And that's what he mm. proposes to Edwina. So I do think it wasn't about what Kate wanted. And it was 100% about his realization yeah. that he was so in love with Kate that if they if they varied, it would be that kind of like grief love that his mother had. Also, not to go back to Bollywood, but using her accident as a way for Edwina and Anthony to work out their own issues. 
Classic Bollywood. I oh, love this. This is our easy resolve. I give you, again, this is where I'm not, I was not super sold on the Bollywood angle, but I actually, I, the more you talk about it, the more I agree with you, because the whole her falling off a horse and having a head injury, very Bollywood. Yeah, I was just like, with the blood. <laughs> and, and the, like, like, the wake up moment. Yeah, like, it, the realization at the end of the season where I was like, oh my god, who, who did, the, how many movies did you watch? Like, this is not, like, you, you, they prepared, somebody prepared their own thesis, and like, this is what we're gonna do, and I'm like, I need to know who it is, because I'm a fan. Yeah. Now, speaking of that, though, the one thing I will say, the only thing I, I really didn't enjoy where Edwina's storyline went, or, yeah. or, or sort of the yeah. middle part of it, because... Edwina at the beginning seems so sweet and so kind and you kind of get the idea that she is just like a very gentle soul who has been like nurtured and loved her whole life and trained up for this and she's looking for a love match and she has such a unique perspective and like an interesting voice and then in the the shift of having her love Anthony and having everyone keep from her or not or her not noticing that Anthony and Kate are are interested in each other and then having her say I think the most unforgivable line and then for them to not address it which was to call Kate her half sister oh gasped um, and then to never to never address that dare you because I for me that was like nearing unforgivable because for you to pull that out in an argument I'm sorry you have to believe that a little bit when you're not arguing yeah you have to you can't you can't deploy that as a way as like a um like a way to get back at someone in an argument and then never address it again to say like actually we're not that related like that to me was incredibly insulting and i, I found say, her good i was gonna say i think the mistake they made is that they should have that conversation she had with her mother who she was, she was like you, she's like you don't owe me anything i think that should have been combined with the sister for sure i agree I will say that conversation with the mother is my favorite conversation that I yeah. have ever seen in my life. I cried. <laughs> I know. I was sobbing. I was like, <gasps> when she has that moment where she tells her, like when Kate says, like, I was so grateful for everything you've done for me. And yeah. her mother shuts her down and says, you're not supposed to be grateful for mm-hmm. a parent's love. That is the bare minimum of what you deserve. Essentially. I had a moment where I was like, this is not shown enough. Like, that is such a yeah. beautiful way of, of bringing it up. Like, to, for the mother truly to be like, there is no element of you that is not my daughter. You came into my life as my, as a, my daughter, and you yeah. are my daughter forever. And you do not have to be grateful or thankful for me to that. It's the bare minimum of what you should expect from a mother. And I was just like, oh, I, I love that so, so, so much. If you but like that, that scene... <laughs> So back to Edwina, because I do want to do that. And then I just found, like, I don't blame her attitude for the next couple episodes, because obviously mm-hmm. she's young, and she's learned that two people very close to her were, like, lying to her. But I struggled with her personality. I, she got First of all, she got kind of annoying. But I didn't, like, there was just something about it that was so odd. Like, she had the great scene with the king. And the queen, yeah. that was very yeah. sweet. But it was, it just felt really weird. I feel like there was just probably a better way to deploy this whole thing. Because um, either you have the situation where Edwina 
is like a child who is very upset and is acting out because of that upsetness and you acknowledge that that's what's going on or you have you have her maintain her original personality because it really did feel for a little bit like a different person yeah it was a little bit weird because like i kind of get it because kate's always been like basically the parent and so like in a way i don't think edwina knows what to do when she's basically denied what she actually wanted and like when it's not reciprocated i think like that was probably something very different for for her to experience i could see her reacting that way i didn't like how it created that tear between the sisters i think that should have never been a thing like i think like yeah be mad at her for not telling you be mad at her for lying even but the fact that she was like, oh, like, why are you why are you still having looks with him and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, she she you know, she loves him. You know, he loves her. What else do you expect? You know what I realized that I literally it just occurred to me what this is. OK, so, you know, in 27 dresses, <laughs> you know, yeah. the sister in 27 dresses, how she's yeah. the, the younger sister. She's the fucking worst. And then at the end of 27 dresses, <laughs> oof, the end of 27 dresses, the like. Um, resolution between Catherine Heigl and the blonde sister is basically the blonde sister saying like, you have to stop being my mother. It's not right. And there's this element like they were both wrong, but mostly Catherine Heigl was wrong for doing what she did. And then they resolve. And that always made me really upset because it felt like there was no acknowledgement whatsoever that Catherine Heigl had the harder life because she had to pick up the mantle of Mm -hmm. being a mom and did every single thing she could to give her blonde sister everything she ever wanted. And that was the vibe I got from this as well, where Edwina is so mad at Kate for doing all of the things that Kate did so that Edwina would be prepared for the marriage mart and this moment. And she like blames Kate for it. And at no point is there really an acknowledgement that like Kate didn't get to be someone who thought she could have this for herself. Kate didn't get to spend her life worrying about her. And so for Edwina to be such a bitch (laughs) about (laughs) it, I was really mad because it really like, especially because Kate feels so bad about all of this. because She realizes Mm -hmm. that Edwina had feelings for Anthony as well for Edwina to, for there never be a moment where Edwina has to like also reconcile the fact that like her and her sister have had two different lives and she needs to fucking calm down a little bit and maybe it's okay for Kate to want something for herself for once like I just feel like they could have resolved that better yeah like I will say I think like one of the elements I've really liked about the show was that they kind of broke that boundary for like brown families I think or like Daisy families where like usually obviously like even like in a, in a family with full two parents the eldest daughter does take the role of a parent no matter what. And it's definitely a thing where they play a role of a parent and kind of basically like parents try to decide the younger sibling's future. And like, I do think there was a good breakdown of Edwina standing up for stuff and be like, well, I don't want you to be living my life through me essentially. But then again, they didn't fully flush out that communication and they didn't talk. I mean, they did talk about boundaries basically, but like then it was like, okay, but then you like, acknowledge what what has happened with your sister at least (laughs) exactly if you go by purely the commentary that was addressed in season the only person that has anything to apologize for is edwina Uh, not edwina is kate 
Kate has to apologize for doing all of this to put her sister in this position, for making her sister feel like this was the life she had to lead and she couldn't make her own decisions for herself. Like, Kate is the only one who has to apologize. And, like, they have the beautiful moment where the mom apologizes, where she kind of says, like, oh, I'm, you should never have been put in this position. And then they actually kind of also have that moment between um, the Anthony and his mother as well of, like, I'm sorry that I was so grief-stricken. You had to be the dad um, or you had to be the parent to your fucking seven siblings um, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But at no point is Kate apologized to from Edwina. And that was the part that I was like, excuse me, how dare you? Um, because I, I think that that was necessary as well. If Again, if you're going to have a situation where it's like Edwina is young and she is angry, which she has every right to be because her sister was lying to her, like all of those things she has a right to feel, but to not resolve that like this is not entirely Kate's fault that I struggled with. Do we think we're going to get like Edwina with the prince? Yes, 1000%. The reason that I knew this is because the moment they introduced Edwina, I said, Edwina is going to, I literally, we were watching this in Netflix party and I put it out there (laughs) and I've never been prouder in my life because I was like, oh, Edwina is genuinely like a nice person. She's going to get together with the other nice person, which was the prince from season one. I'm wondering if we're going to get like a whole season of it or is it it going to be a side story? Neither of them is a Bridgerton. The only thing, like, I'm sad about is, like, they got to get... I feel like the rushed ending of Anthony and Kate. I was like, I would have liked to see more because it was, like, literally maybe... I looked at the... I stopped the episode. I'm like, 13 minutes. I'm like, they're not even together yet? (laughs) And I was like, this is bullshit. (laughs) I think... Okay, so they they go with through with the wedding. Like, they go through with having the wedding. And I was like, oh, my God. Holy shit, what the fuck? How are you going to get out of this? Then they have the moment where they have to get out of this. And what I struggled with is I felt like there was a very obvious solution. Yes! Immediately. And none of them get to it. And it kills me because you could have resolved everything if Penelope, as Lady Whistledown, had written her final missive, not about Eloise consorting with rebels, but rather had written that the reason the wedding didn't go through is because the queen decided that she let she adored Edwina so much she wanted yeah. to save Edwina for her prince to court her nephew the prince to court and in an apology to the Bridgerton family for like pulling out at the last second Kate will now marry Anthony so that they can because they talk all the time that like marriage is a contract this is a regular yeah. thing that yeah. genuinely who cares, happens who cares what everybody else thinks they don't have exactly. to know the actual details yeah so if Penelope had written all of that. It would have solved the issue of all of the, like, scandal. The queen, who didn't want Lady Whistledown to stop writing, she wanted uh, um, she wanted Lady Whistledown to become an ally to her as an, mm-hmm. instead of, like, an enemy. Um, even if she thought that Eloise was still Lady Whistledown because of that, Eloise would have been safe because now she has an ally and Kate and Anthony would have been able to get married, no worries. And you'd still have Edwina with the prince, which is a higher, an even higher station than the one that she was going to marry into. And Edwina and the prince are the natural couple from all of this because they're, they were the only two nice people. So the only thing that like I thought, like obviously I thought all of those things too, but I was just like, the only thing I could see being an issue was that they hadn't resolved Anthony's own issues with marrying for love. Yeah. Yes. And... But then I think you could have had that 
after that solution because that happened like episode five. So we're th- still three more episodes. But so technically, he doesn't have... really resolve himself with it until she gets into the accident because he still struggles to go see her. So like this is still like an issue internally with him. But and I then think... the sister and like the sister, of course, like I think that still I think people would have still found it weird or whatever. I think they still could have gone through with it, but I think they would have created an additional tension that would have been harder to resolve. I see. I don't think it would have been hard to resolve. I think they could have resolved that because then you could have had a situation where uh, Kate and Anthony now are going to get married, but they both still have these core issues that they have to solve for. But at this point now, the marriage is set. It has to happen because of everything that hasn't happened coming up to that. And now the queen is like, if you do not get married, all of this doesn't work. I look like that. I I look bad. So they have to get married. So it forces them to resolve their issues. So you could have even had a situation where they get married because they have to. And then as married, they resolve their issues. Kind of similar to what happens with Daphne and Simon, but over a shorter period of time. Daphne and Simon were married on like episode Mm. three or something like that. I guess I, I guess I just like prefer them to resolve their issues on their own because I don't think you should have to rely on like a situation. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you shouldn't have to either. But like, what the fuck was this nonsense that happened? I mean, it would have been closer to the book if they had gotten married at yeah. any point during the season. And it would have. I think that they ha- are making a mistake. I don't. I want to say making a mistake, but I don't. I'm not in love with the way Penelope shook out this season as Lady Whistledown. Yeah. I'm not in love with how her relationship with Eloise is going. I'm not in love with what Eloise is doing either. I think if you had done that, you could have then had a really, really interesting season three where between Penelope and Eloise, they now both have to be Lady Whistledown because Eloise, in this context, like if what, had ha- what I had suggested happened, happened, the queen thinks of Eloise as Lady Whistledown. Uh, Eloise has to know that Penelope is actually Lady Whistledown because Penelope wrote the thing that saved Eloise from getting beheaded. Um, So now you have Eloise, who's aware that Penelope is Lady Whistledown, who's a little bit mad at her for keeping it from her, but mostly tries to use her influence to make Penelope write more and more like feminist radical leanings and less about gossip. And then you have the queen who, through Eloise, is trying to influence Penelope into what to write. And then you have Madame Delacroix, who is also trying to influence Penelope into what to write. And then Penelope could have a season where her storyline is the struggle and the frustration of starting Lady Whistledown so she could finally have her voice be listened to. And now she's got three other people pushing for what Lady Whistledown is supposed to be and telling her what to write. And then she has to grapple with how does she keep being Lady Whistledown when Lady Whistledown was supposed to be a release and it's not anymore. I mean, I love this, but I'm also like, <laughs> Chrissy, it's a romance. But then I was like, you it's know, me, you know she ends romance, up with Colin, the most useless man. I know. I'm like, but here's the thing. It's a romance, but other things are going on. It's a romance, yeah, I, but Eloise is looking about humans. What was romantic about anything Penelope had to do this season? Like, that is a genuine thing that Penelope also has to deal with. And then she can get with Colin the season afterwards because that's not even, she's not should even she until even? I like, he but they're definitely shit. build like this whole season was about building up those stories, like Benedict's story. They're definitely building it up. They're building up Colin and Eloise. Like it yeah. feels like a build up for what's coming next, and it's just like, and then is all of this gonna go? Like I don't know what happens in the books with El- um, not Eloise, sorry, with uh, Penelope's like Lady Whistledown stuff because I don't think she is Lady Whistledown in the books, is she? Yes, she, she is. is. She is. Okay. Yeah. But, Do you like, want me to spoil a bit that I know? But like, does she stop writing? Like I don't. <laughs> 
Um, she can't. There's eight books. <laughs> but if, you, every, if she stops, no, she, 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 she does. I think she does stop, and then obviously other people pick up. Yeah. So you have anonymous Lady Whistledowns making. I think. I think Colin figures out who. Um, that she's Lady Lady Whistledown. She stops, but then other people start doing publications. But okay, so here's another thing. Again, if you have season three, be Penelope grappling with the fact that Lady Whistledown isn't her own anymore. So at the end of the season, she decides to stop being Lady Whistledown, and then the the conflict in the rest of the seasons is that now there's multiple Lady Whistledowns, and no one knows who they are because they're like random anonymous women, like. That genuinely leads to that season. And you can even have the situation of like Colin discovering she's Lady Whistledown, her saying she stopped being Lady Whistledown this time ago, and like them trying to like grapple with each other. Because also now, if Colin finds out that she is Lady Whistledown, she's responsible for like quote unquote the downfall of their family and something that genuinely, as far as he's concerned, put his sister in danger. Like, the, mm-hmm. the thing that she's meeting with political reformists is not a light accusation. That is, like, treason. I mean, that can all still happen. I just think that that would have yeah, been... Yeah, they have a whole season. <laughs> I just thought that that would have been an interesting thing. And I don't think they're going to go in that direction because they haven't been... They just haven't been very complex with Penelope's Lady Whistledown story. I found her motivations this season. Um, I, I don't know. I, I struggled with Penelope this season a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Like, on the one hand, I don't think that they're going to take, like, the Lady Whistledown thing as seriously as that. I think it's just going to... I mean, clearly they had to. I mean, like... It's not not serious. (laughs) I mean, I guess it's not not serious, but I don't know. It just feels kind of like a... Like a fun little quirk to the show. I mean, it could be more. Like it the, could be, but I whole... just like I can't see them taking Again, it that far. As a reminder, the one thing that I will say is like Eloise pointed out during their argument, Lady Whistledown blew the whistle on uh, Miss Thomas being pregnant, which was a massive, it, like a massive scandal. And mm. like as far as society is concerned, which is their main thing ruined miss thomas entirely she was seen as like trying to entrap a man her social standing doesn't exist like she ended up marrying crane and having to not be part of the ton anymore because of that and it's not a light accusation against eloise either like i don't think it's i i honestly think that like even they acknowledge that it's not actually this fun little thing in these bright little like these tiny little moments they did that with the fight. So, like, Eloise yeah. and yeah. Penelope. Like, that. I thought that was a really good fight compared yeah, to, I, like, the sister fight. And I was like, oh, you got two, like, horribly, horrible things said to each other. And, like, I don't see them being friends. I don't know how they get, like, maybe getting back a friendship will be next season. But do or- we do we think, like, Whistledown's going to take a bigger role or do we think it's good, they're going to brush over it? That's, like, my... I, I think feel they're like- going to have to do... They're going to have to have more people writing out Whistledown's because she took a break yeah. for a bit and probably other people are like, well, I could do this. And then you're going to have other people... Well, she picked it up right away after. Like, like, I don't it took, know like, that what, it's necessarily about it becoming, like, bigger or less. I think it just continues on. Because, again, obviously, this season was significantly larger on the Lady Whistledown content than last season because we actually watched Penelope try to be Lady Whistledown. So, like, that has to continue. Like, that is a significant increase in, like, in time because, like, showing her pretend to be her own maid, 
um, and having her go through like the dangerous part of town and then having her be discovered by Madame Delacroix and then them setting up the like secret um, way of sending the messages back and forth through the dresses like all of that I don't see how it's any different of having a season three that goes through the um the possible like implications that we could have had well, they- they set her up to be so smart, like so smart, which and then she know, was I appreciated. Done. But like, no, but like she smart was, in the fact that she figured yeah, stuff out. Yeah, she but was like, smart just like, operationally, but she made some dumb choices. Like personally, she, she needs some work. Yeah, but like it's just like it's just, I don't know everything. Like I love like the scandal sheet stuff and like the lady whistle down stuff, but I'm like the whole time I'm like, but like where where are we going to end up with this? Especially with like the radical political stuff. And I'm like, I don't think that's going to go anywhere. Like a, a weird, to be honest. It seemed like a weird choice for her to be like, Oh, as like, I don't know, because you see lady Whistledown as this like potentially feminist person because she's being influenced by Eloise the whole time. But then she goes and like, can't, like, I don't know. There was something like weird about it that I was just like, what, what's happening here? Well, arguably again, lady Whistledown is like, what a 17 year old girl. That's true. Like, what does she know? I'm going to say she's maybe 19. Maybe <laughs> 19. Although, is she an old maid at this stage? Is that is that the case? Yeah, probably. Um, because, it, yeah, I, I do think that there's just um, a lot of stuff with Lady Whistledown that they're clearly going for. But I, I just think it could be done better. And I think the better way would have been to have Penelope have that internal conflict. Because, again, they show Penelope as being technically very, very smart. And mm-hmm. very um when she pulled out her Irish accent, I was like, Oh my god. I love I love the Dairy Girl <laughs> accent so much. Um so I just wish that like and they're gonna have to focus it. Here's the thing, if there's an entire season where Penelope is the love interest and it's the one with Colin, they cannot sweep yeah. her under the rug. She's going to be a massive part of that season. So like you might as well. I hope she like talks shit about him in her papers because he talks shit about her like a fucking dick. Okay, yeah. I don't. So I Colin, really don't want her to end up with him. Yeah, that's what, but pff, people love them, and I'm like, th- I hate that guy's face so much. I know. They, I hate his face. Ma'am, the only decent thing Colin did this season, and I was glad to, I was actually really yeah. happy it happened, was when it turned out that he immediately believed the boxer, yeah. and then so he then yeah. changed his mind and was trying to defraud um lord featherington i was so happy because when they had him when they had him get mad at the boxer and be like how dare you doesn't look like you can afford to patrons i was like i am gonna kill this motherfucker i hope he dies so i was so happy at the end when he not only brought patrons to the gentleman's club but he also apologized for the way he acted like that to me shows that colin has potential but i do think that he's been too shit towards penelope i kept waiting for when she overheard him say i would never court penelope i kept waiting for them to have the moment where she runs away and then he says like i care about her too much she's like a sister to me that happens like that yeah but i i get that that would hurt her more but what she overheard and what he was talking about in the second one that to me isn't the language of I care about her too much that was the language and I'm sure how Penelope heard it of she is hideous she's not marriage material she's come on now because because even though it doesn't make sense because in this time being fat would be seen as a good thing because it would be seen as like you have enough money to have meat on your bones um she's get so fucking um insulted by by her mother for being larger that like that's really what what Colin said sounded like 
And they didn't have that moment of it being like, no, 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 it's because she's a sister to me. I'm sure what Penelope heard was, oh, that fat hag? I would never court her in a million years. She's not good enough for me. Maybe they'll go back in, uh, in whatever, fourth season? Fourth season is their season, right? Yeah. And do fourth a little, season. like, do a little yeah. flashback. Like a, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, the continued situation. Because maybe they just want to make it seem like he's such an asshole. And then, like, try to try to make us forgive him, even though I don't want to. <laughs> I, the only shining light in a world where I forgive Colin is because I did really like the last thing he did. Yeah, yeah. I will say when, like, the boxer smiled, I was like, oh, my God. I was so happy. He hadn't smiled all season. He's a businessman. I want his gentleman's club to be so successful. I I did. I could have sworn someone said that Simon would show up. Like, I could have sworn there was an article that, like, Simon might show up for, like, an episode or two or a scene or two. And I actually thought it might be with the boxer. Because, like, you'd think that if Simon would maybe use a little bit of his influence to help out his boxer's club. Yeah, but that's no, what it's, but I was like, okay, so we don't we get thirteen minutes of Anthony and Kate together and I was like, Well they have to show up in this third season more because Anthony has to like be part of that family for longer. So I'm like, maybe we'll yeah. get more Bowling. of them together. They are y'all, they have chemistry. That's why I'm like, I need more Their sex was very well. When done. when she pulled her like when she like like lifted her leg thing out of her like dress during the shoot the hunting scene and he was like you could just see the face like his sh- shook face. I was like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. A lot of eye movements happening on screen that you gotta yeah. focus on. I think with um Daphne and Simon, Simon was doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because Daphne's whole thing was that she was like a pure innocent virgin who didn't understand how sex worked. So like Simon does a lot of heavy lifting and they're the montage of their sex scenes is usually about how it, like a large portion of the context is that Simon won't come in. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so I do feel like their sex scenes started to feel a little rote and a little like, okay, yeah. we get it. He won't come in her. Like we, we understand. Um, whereas with this one, both of them, like I did not, I did not find Anthony that attractive except for in his sex scenes with Kate her glow made him more yeah. physically attractive. So they had a moment together where it was just like, wow, this does not <laughs> feel boring or, or like yeah. I'm waiting for it to end at all. This feels no. genuinely very well done. Okay, but can we talk about, sorry. I just the remembered. No, no. We'll oh, do we'll the beasting in a second. Every episode Anthony's a pensive bath scenes like every single episode he's having for, so many emotions I was just like he's in this bath every time and except for the except for the scene where the where the women are all taking a bath <laughs> this season separate loved tubs. a bath this season loved a bath they said everything's gonna be wet I was <laughs> yeah. waiting for him to like be jerking off in the tub and I it never happened <laughs> I was dying by like the fifth bath scene and I was just like what is he thinking about I mean I liked I think I liked him as a hero. Just like a lot of introspection, a lot of like I can't, I can't show my feelings. And and I to- did I already talk about this? I can't remember. I was like when he burst into tears when she was okay. Oh yeah, yeah. and I was like I bathe me in that. Well, <laughs> I love that scene. I will <laughs> say we know that you have very problematic men opinions. <laughs> I mean, I am aware. However, I will say, so I really did not like Anthony in the beginning of this season. But when they pulled him away from all that stupid, useless crap about, like, the, the marriage contract just being a contract and, like, 
honestly making it seem like he was looking for someone way above his station with all the things that he needed her to have that he also doesn't have and when they i think where i really changed on him as well is the conversation between him and edwina when they're being chaperoned and edwina like he's asking her about his life and then like edwina says the thing she says about like oh i want someone to listen to my stories and like they just have a really cute moment and i was really shook in that moment because i was like oh this is genuinely like if they got married they'd have a perfectly happy life like yeah i really like that season and that for me was when anthony stopped being such openly a fucking prick and like you i feel like his storyline switches then and it's not about him being kind of an asshole anymore and it's more about him learning to understand like his feelings and stuff he's got too many feelings totally could relate to anthony which really bothered me the whole time (laughs) it's just like oh are are you two looking for a a wife to simply breed your children and protect your family no but you know like how he's like he's the elder child so he like feels like really stressed about everything and then he takes it out on basically the family and i was like oh hello me (laughs) when they have the moment where I, i think it was me it was either his mom or daphne that's like okay you're protecting us but we all hate you yeah fuck <laughs> yeah like that was a very uh that was a very interesting moment i thought that was a very. Well i like the out. family dynamics in this one i do yeah i do uh. there was more of it i felt um and I which do, makes yeah. sense i we know we know i love sibling content i've established that many times in my life so i was very oh my god oh my god y'all my favorite my favorite part of this whole season was paul mall <laughs> their oh, yeah. fucking competition Everything about that, everything from Anthony and Kate, but most importantly, all of them being wildly competitive with each other and like Daphne giving the rundown of like everyone's strengths and weaknesses and like this is how you beat them. And like I I love that deeply. So I was actually really happy with the last scene. Even yeah. though those two were making out hard in front of their entire I was family. Screamed. I'm like, I... in front of your family? <laughs> that was uh, and they were it... smiling at them like No, that was so <laughs> indecent. But I was obsessed with the like mallet of death and Kate yeah. getting it instead and then their weird thing with the balls in the mud. Like I, I really enjoyed oh God, that the part. Mug that scene is, was actually like quite cute. I did yeah. enjoy that scene a lot too. See, like they when they're like fun and playful together, it's like so like exhilarating. And I'm like, I hope we get that to our season three. And it, it makes sense. Like the Bridgertons are so well loved because like they grew up in a home that was like very happy and it like had a lot of love yeah. in it. And so like you get to see a version that I really like seeing in like a historical romance where like they all genuinely like really like each other even though sometimes mm-hmm. they hate each other that's why i'm i'm like obsessed with big families because i personally don't have one and i'm like i love those um I, but now we have to I talk about uh, yes the most dramatic death scene i've ever seen i shook it to my core okay there so anthony's dad dies basically the, the whole reason he's such a dick is because his dad dies when he's like 19 and in front of and him in front of him with a bee sting and then that's later mirrored when Kate gets stung by a bee again and Anthony acted pretty well there acting his socks off but I was sitting waiting that whole time because in the books Anthony sucks out the stinger from her like boob neck or whatever and then like continues to like I think he like continues to like suck on her breast I'm not I can't remember exactly you know he would be he's got mommy issues and I was just like I I was waiting for that to happen because I vividly remember that happening in the books and then the the moms come upon them and then they're forced into a marriage which did not happen and I think that was the better decision but waiting I I 
Shanice texted me and be like, did I, did I dream that? And then I was like, no, you didn't dream that because I also thought and was waiting for that moment to happen. Let me tell you. First things first. I know nothing. I have never read these books. I have nothing who knows what's going on. Okay. I don't know how anyone dies. I don't know what happens. So I'm casually sitting here. I'm watching season two, minding my own business. And then there's a flashback scene between Anthony and his father. And then I kind of assume, based on what they said, like, ah, he's going to die. Like, we know that he's dead. And then this man gets stung by a bee. And I was like, what a weird thing to do. And then I see that this man go, oh my God, he's going into anaphylactic shock. I was screaming out loud, a bee sting killed him? A bee sting killed him? Are you fucking serious? And then all I could think, all I could think was like, do they know what bees do? Does does Anthony think that all bee stings kill people? Do they understand what has happened? Because it's like the 1700s, they have a concept that like, he's allergic to a bee sting. Like, does anyone know what has actually gone I don't gone think on they do. No. So when they wildly bring back the concept of the bee sting in the scene with Kate, I'm again screaming. I'm like, oh my God, a bee stung her. I, all I could think, I was like, what's going through his mind? Is he going <laughs> to fall in love with her because she's immune to bee stings? And so that will be, he, he knows he'll never lose her in such a traumatic way. Like, I literally, I just kept waiting to find out that Anthony thinks that all bee stings kill people. And he only learned now that it was just that his father was built different. <laughs> I couldn't get over the mom rushing out nine months pregnant because that doesn't happen in the books and like holding her, her husband as he dies as from a dying. fucking beast thing. And I'm like, this is so dramatic. I love every minute I of it. I will say that scene reminded me of, um, fuck, what is the new Sex in the City show? Oh, um. Just uh, like that. Just yeah. like that. And just like that. Yeah. So Wait, like are you scene- watching just like that? I've seen episodes because of Michelle. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Um, but there's a scene where she's like holding big and it's legitimately the exact nobody's doing anything about it. They're just like uh. and but I mean, he like least... big also whispers up and is like <laughs> But listen, at least in whatever year they're in, what were they gonna do they instead? Could, they couldn't do anything. I'm like where's the EpiPen <laughs> send, for that? Send a horse <laughs> Get a doctor He died so quick. I was I... like, is that real? Okay, for sure that could not happen that quickly. Well, right. no, it could, right? Because the whole point is I think is it that would take more. He it had would a take bee sting more to his throat. It would have closed his throat up. Uh, the bee sting doesn't go all the way to your freaking... But he has an allergic reaction. I don't... I don't in the books, that fast. Why do you think people that are, have allergies, it's always urgent for them to stick their EpiPen in? Girl, as a person with allergies, I know it doesn't work that fast. I know. If you have, like, a severe allergic reaction to a bee sting... Like, again, it's not that the bee sting killed him. It's that the, I think the allergy closed up his throat so he could not breathe. Yeah, but I'm saying the body probably wouldn't have reacted that fast. It would have had to metabolize the bee sting. I, okay, I mean, maybe, but I don't think so. I just, like, I, this is, like, I don't know. I think it would have taken at least, at least half an hour. <laughs> but that wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have been dramatic. How would they know then that it was the bee sting that killed him? You needed to have Anthony, you needed to have Anthony know that the bees were the problem so that he could touch Kate's boob later. <laughs> Suck out that stinger. Missed opportunity, personally, but... Yeah. Uh, 
What are you going to do? Just, I was screaming because I had so many jokes about like, he's just like, he's sucking on her nipple and he's like, I must save your life. But it's muffled. Um, I did have another thought though. There was that scene, you know, what's his face? Anthony's friend who felt like such like a pointless wingman, but like. Oh, mm. yeah, yeah. But there was or whatever. S- yeah. Like the scene in the boat where he's sitting there with. Um, Kate. Kate. The whole time I was like, oh no, they're going to talk about India. And it's going to be like this like whole thing that I'm going to like feel so na- like the whole time I was like clenched. I was like, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? And then it was just like a nice conversation about like India. And I was just like, uh, I'm I still mean, so confused by this whole scene. I also think that that man, he was like the reason India takes him to business or he business takes him to India so often is because he's like an opium dealer. <laughs> like, I don't know why I kept waiting to find okay, out but, like, that we're gonna, he was a drug dealer. <laughs> But, like, here's the thing. Do you think he's going to come back? Because, like, I thought they made it, like, I don't know. They, like, made such a point of including him. You know what I mean? There were some it was to show that him. Anthony was jealous that that guy was interested in her. But they, they like, to, I they don't know. They gave him the water. character. They need to have Anthony come, get in the water so that he could come out. So many hand clasps between I them. Wanna, I want to see him come back. I want to see him maybe, I don't know, be involved in somebody else's life. A different Bridgerton, perhaps. I, mean, I didn't particularly like him. So if he comes back or not, I honestly, in my mind, I, I too thought that the, I thought he was going to say something offensive or he like, and she yeah. was going to be like this fucker and then smack him and he falls in the water or something like that. Maybe, maybe they'll shock us. And maybe, um, you know, Benedict with his opium addiction will come upon this dealer and he is the dealer. And maybe that's the romance. It, I, for some <laughs> reason, I kept waiting. Like I had a moment where I was like, does Benedict have an addiction issue? And is that going to be the focus of his season? Because, like, Benedict, sir, he for stop. sure has you, an addiction issue. You cannot stop, sir. I had no feelings about Benedict. Actually, that's a lie. I really enjoyed Benefic- <laughs> Benedict because he was drunk so much. It was really funny. He was quite humorous. He's a great, uh, he's a great, um, like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. He cuts the tension. I appreciate yeah, Benedict. Yeah, like, I, I want to be, like, a funny Benedict, guy. Yeah, brought to the table. But I didn't have any strong feelings with it, towards him until his conversation with Eloise. I really yeah. liked that. I thought that that was very sweet and well done. And it was just nice to see some, like, family content between the, like, two siblings and stuff like that. So that was a moment where I was like, okay, I'll watch a season. <laughs> I'm excited for the Benedict season. I think it's going to be funny. Do you want to hear what the, like, trope is? Yes. Yeah, tell me. Cinderella. Who's Cinderella? Him? What does that mean? <laughs> So he, he finds a magical girl at a, at a ball, and he doesn't know who she is. Ah, okay. And he's trying to find her, but also, like, well, he's also trying to marry as well. So who is he going to be? Is she, so not, basically, is she not uh, No one royalty? we know. Okay. She's like, I think it's like the poor stepsister kind of thing. Like, okay. they, she, she went out to this one ball, had a, one fun time, but he saw her on the steps, and he's like, who are you? She's like a painting. In your mask. If he can't be with a man next season, then, you know. Yeah, not enough gay content. You know, they threw us a tiny, tiny, minuscule little bone in season one. But I'm waiting for some gay content. I'm also waiting for Eloise to grow into her self a little bit as well. Again, She's very annoying right now. She's very, very annoying right now. And there's a part of me that wants to say, like, well, she's a child. And she is from a super place of privilege. So, like... I think I think purely by accident they're capturing white feminism perfectly, but I don't think that that is their intention. But I would love to see because presumably the show is supposed to last for a minimum of eight seasons. I am interested in seeing Eloise grow into like a full adult person who understands and can refine 
her beliefs a little bit. So that by the time you get to her season, she's not super fucking annoying. Um, also, I'm like, my whole thing with Eloise <laughs> also partially is like, can we, like, would they use the same actress? Like, I can't see her in like a weirdly romantic I don't know she just like looks like a child maybe they'll like dress her up better I mean that's the joy of acting you know I guess so it's just like I don't know she's a very convincing child yeah you know she's 30 years old in real life yeah she's like over 30 yeah so I literally just think with like a little bit of like first of all her dresses right now absolutely contribute to her looking oh for sure so all they really need to do is put her in a really nice updo and update her style a little bit and i think she'll seem less childish but also i do think her mannerisms as well because she's 16 right yeah she's a lot of like running flitting away yeah like i'm really hoping this is like all the actress this is doing and not like this is just how she is i mean i do think it's a little bit of both um but it'll be interesting to see how by the time they actually get to this her season if they think that this is Eloise's entire personality or if they're going to show her genuinely growing up. Because she'll be, what, then, 21 by the time we get to her season? I mean, I think her friendship with Penelope combusting, like, that, it's going to take some inter- inter- introspection, yeah. whatever I, I you want to call. I would be upset with her, like... Again, I could take a moody though, Eloise. Even though I didn't love the delivery vehicle it came in, that guy calling her out for, like coming from a place of privilege and stuff like that and like yeah. kind of like I don't want to say stringing him along but kind of like being wild about what was going on I could definitely see her it's... encountering maybe even like I don't know like the women of color on the show and like having interactions with them that like later forms her opinion I don't think like this season would have been that you know like nuanced about her oh yeah no no and I yeah. wouldn't expect this season to be either I would think it would take more and more time and again that's yeah. why I thought the concept of her being aware of Penelope as Lady Whistledown, mm. but Penelope still being Lady Whistledown and Eloise trying to use her influence to influence Lady Whistledown's writing. Like, yeah. and then again, you could have her grapple with like, but you're also telling this woman what to do. And the whole point is that women aren't supposed to be told what to do. And like, yeah. I, I think there is just potential I, in that storyline that I don't think they're going to do. And I don't think even if they did, they yeah. set it up proper well. I do really want them to be friends again on the next season though, because yes. even though I find Eloise annoying, Pen and Eloise together, I really enjoyed. So cute when they were in the little field or whatever. Yeah. It was like beautiful. Yeah. Well, I feel like since Eloise is so close to Benedict, that since he's going to be finding love next season, like that's something's going to have to happen. You may, like maybe yeah. his love, in, love interest will be like a woman of color. And then, well, no, if it's a secret, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not thinking about this, but like. So many possibilities. Like, what could there's go a wrong? Lot of, there's a lot of white people in the show to have a woman of color be his love interest and him not be able to tell who it is. Oh, fuck. You're so right. Shit. <laughs> but I want that to happen. I want that to I be. I as well. Because I, <laughs> I want it to be. For them to introduce more people of color. Just, oh, I... Okay, they I did introduce see. a lot, I will say, this season that I noticed. Like, it was a lot more colorful this season. Yeah, but they also still pretty heavily, the majority of, like, the dark-skinned black people were all the help. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was it. Was something that was very noticeable. Well, if you have a new person to town, like she's pretending to be a new person to town, it doesn't matter because they'll be like, "Who is this mysterious? Who is this mysterious woman? Who is she?" Also reminds me, and I don't want to stick too much longer. This episode's going to be long as balls. (laughs) Lady Featherington. Okay, let me discuss. Oh shit! Yeah. In some ways, I wish that Lady (laughs) Featherington was wasn't such like a character, a caricaturally evil, like cartoon supervillain. I mean, technically, they kind of. 
because subverted that exactly yeah. because what she decides to do at the very end mm. first of all I remember loving Lady Featherington in the first season as well because I remember that she pulled a con and I was like and then I think I even when like she realizes her husband has killed himself her first mm. reaction is like you fucking idiot like this ruined us like we could have made this work if you hadn't done that or something like that like I think she screamed something like that so I was so interested to see what Lady Featherington was doing and then when she is like literally pulling a fucking Ponzi scheme on all of these fucking like literally she steals your money and then she invites you to a ball that she throws with your money I was like what wild but that moment where she goes I'm mother and she fucking tells Lord Featherington to suck his ass and to (laughs) kick rocks (laughs) kick rocks go back to America I'm gonna forge a letter that says that any child that one of my children have is going to be the one that actually inherits the estate I now have enough money to maintain my lifestyle goodbye sir I was obsessed because that dude was such a dick I'm so happy that he got conned by her a hundred percent. Especially because, like, even though, like, throughout, like, this, especially this season, I feel like she was such a dick. And I was just she like, was. oh, my God, I hate her. And not that I like the guy any better than her or anything like that. But I was just like, oh, my God. But at the end, when she's just like, what about my daughters? Like, you don't give a shit I'm about a that. But I was just like, oh. I And I was, like, genuinely surprised because I did think for a moment that what she was going to have happen is let her daughter get married to him. But then they were yep. going to have an affair. Yep. And it was yeah. going to be like she was the real Lady Featherington even still. Also, when that man is mad at her because he's like, we needed the money and now I was going to get it. I'm like, sir, you can't be mad. You didn't tell anyone. Okay? Don't keep secrets then, you stupid bitch. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent season. I want one. I want so many more. Yeah, I saw some people online really unhappy with the season. The majority of them were people Mm -hmm. who read the book and were like really upset with the changes from the book. But, okay, one of my favorite comments was on TV time. One of these, per- when some person said like they made too many changes from the book and they didn't include any of my favorite scenes, and they like list out some of their favorite scenes, like they go like the library scene and blah blah blah. And even as I was reading their comment, I was like, this sounds unfilmable and boring. So I'm really yeah. glad they changed it. I think you have bad taste. Um, also, I think somebody said, I think I read this somewhere that Kate Sheffield in the book, she is like kind of like a bit more boring of a person and doesn't really like doesn't really have much of a personality versus like Kate Sharma like very much has like her independence and she wants yeah. to do things after she gets her sister married and there's like a whole conversation about how like she's a very like stubborn like whatever but like I heard that in the book that she was more like willing to kind of like take a back seat for most of it or whatever and I was just like oh I like that. no I don't need it Kate <laughs> came onto the scene and in 10 seconds I loved her yeah yeah in her fucking yeah velvet turquoise cape yeah, yeah, yeah. her jaw mm, bury me like in that cutting cutting just cutting the screen in half and those cheekbones again i'm now fully in support of your bollywood argument because it also occurs to me too didn't the bollywood movie we have also have a chasing in the wood scene but it was a yeah. 100%. on a horse oh, the a harmony horse. ball the harmony ball they uh paint a rangoli on the floor that yeah. is the sign oh. of that. and i was just like the whole time they were doing it, i was like oh my god oh that was also such a great scene them with the family alone and dancing like, with each other it was so cute well, God. that was Bridgerton season. That was Bridgerton season two. We loved it. I do think We're it was giddy. better than season one. We are all aligned. Amazing. 
Um, yeah, it was good. At this point, you should have watched it, but I'm excited for season three. Uh, I will continue to watch this hot fire, beautiful trash of a show. Um, <sighs> even though arguably, I would say that the season wasn't trash. Season one was like hot garbage, but I loved it. This was like a yeah. really decent. I think they did a good job. So I'm here for the next season. Yeah. All right. Sign me up. No, also make more of these why don't i have more historical yeah. romances let's get, let's in get my face see romances out here give me some lisa claypiss please thank you that's what i'm asking Alyssa Cole. i know it's not you know it's not historical romance but where's my reluctant royal series lucy parker that's not that's not historical why do i think that it's, it's not but i also it's a romance i also would watch so much lucy parker like a theater oh. romance like the beautiful I, I would watch that. Like, no oh, give business. me Lisa Claypiss. Um, I just realized there are like five more things I wanted to mention, but this episode's over, so I'm not going to. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, part scene. two. Part two. <laughs> you know where to find us on Instagram and Twitter if you want. If not, who gives a shit? Bye. See you next Bye. time. Bye. <laughs> Music credit goes to artist Clarabelle for the song Wallflower and Jazzhar for the song Please Listen Carefully. realized i forgot that fucking embarrassing ass scene where they're all trying to impress edwina because she's the diamond and so oh the poetry and like poetry readers and then fucking anthony rolls up and he has a dramatic moment where he throws out the written words and goes i will not plagiarize my brother and he gives us such a like like that fucking thing and i'm like you're in front of nine thousand people like bro some things are private (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>